Welcome back to the Viking Update Show with John Krasinski and Jim Suhan. Thanks for listening to TalkNorth.com. John, let's get into the the most interesting rumor. I don't know if it's uh, really worth a lot of serious discussion, but it's it's the first of many rumors we may be parsing through as we try to figure out what this new management team is going to try to do. Uh, Kirk Cousins to the Carolina Panthers. What do you think? Well, I mean, to me, Jim, if if the Panthers really do offer the number six overall pick for Kirk Cousins, like take it before they change their mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and and this is not even a shot at Kirk Cousins at all. I don't. I I I think he's a. I I do think he's a good quarterback. I think you can win games with him. But like I th- I think the move with Quasi Adolfo Mensa with Kevin O'Connell with kind of it, it, this is allowing a whole kind of turn the page moment for this franchise and the way to turn all of the pages and just start clean and fresh would be to move cousins and pick up a very high draft pick for him. If I'm a, another team, um, I don't offer a pick that high. You know, I, I, I just say like, hey, I know that you guys have had, you know, your inks with Cousins and 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 there there's some ambivalence there. So how about a couple of seconds or something like that? But um, if they want to do that, like if the if the Carolina Panthers want to offer something that valuable and whether you get a quarterback at that at that um pick or or just say another super high-end player it doesn't matter to me like get younger get more dynamic and and just let's really start this new era in earnest and so um that's those are my initial thoughts on it if that is indeed available they should be pressuring carolina every single day until they finally relent and as soon as they do sign whatever papers you need to sign and and go for it because it that would make that would be an incredible return on investment for the Vikings. I agree with you. I would absolutely do that deal if I'm Minnesota Vikings. I would not offer that deal if I were the Carolina Panthers. But if you're desperate to save your job, maybe you do that, mm-hmm. even though I think it's a poor value move. Here's the fascinating aspect of it, and it really speaks to why Spielman and Zimmer aren't here anymore. This is a hard team to turn over. You know, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say they go, let's say, let's say, you know, just for fun here. They get the sixth pick, they trade Cousins, and they take a rookie quarterback with the sixth pick. Maybe it's Pickett. And maybe, maybe they think Pickett is going to be Joe Burrow light. He's got the cockiness mm-hmm. and he's going to elevate the franchise. Well, now you're kind of starting over with a, a quarterback who might not be ready to win right away. And you have highly paid veterans, maybe nearing the end of their careers. Harrison Smith, Dalvin Cook, you don't know what you're going to get out of Daniel Hunter anymore. Uh, you know, Kendricks and Barr are starting to get up there. We don't know what they're going to do with Barr. Uh, you know, Patrick Peterson is your best quarterback last year. And you might, I mean, it, it just, it feels like it's hard for this franchise to turn the page. And I don't know if they'd even turn the page if they traded for a rookie quarterback. It, it, yeah, it, that's, that's very true. Um, but I do think that there is some, it, it, it's not necessary for me. Like, it just feels like there needs to be a cleansing, like of this whole thing. So they did the, I think Spiel, getting Spielman and Zimmer out was a huge, huge part of the cleansing uh, to get like all of that tension, all of that angst from the leadership positions out of here. Good. Great first step. Um, 
But then it's undeniable that Cousins is just linked to that. And and so um, and I just like I don't know that there are many people within the organization, certainly within the locker room that are totally united behind this guy. And so um, moving him out too would just like take the final sort of big elephant in the room and, and get it out of there. Now they may still struggle um, on the field, you know, in, in transitioning from the uh, era that they're in, they were in to the era that, to the era that they are in now. Um, and going forward, and and it may be a little bit of a messy process uh, to do that, but um, I, I think that moving on from all of those three together makes it easier over the next couple of years to make that transition. Whenever you're going to do, if if they were to undertake a complete sort of overhaul like this. Yes, it it would take some digging. You still have, you know, uh, you still have Harrison Smith, and you still have Daniel Hunter, and you still have Thielen, and you still have, you know, kind of a, a lot of pieces. You have Dalvin Cook, and you have a lot of these pieces. But I think that there could be just a new vibe and a new energy, and and by bringing it, and let's say it is Pickett. Well, what maybe you can go out and find a Gardner Minshew. Maybe you can go out and find just a holdover quarterback who comes in and, and for a year holds down the fort and, and lets your rookie kind of learn and figure things out and just changes the energy in the building. Like that's what they've needed as much as anything else, I think. And I think that, you know, moving cousins would help change that energy and it may not pay immediate dividends, but I think it could really help over the next two to three years to kind of like just, move past this rather unlikable uh, era that we just kind of endured. Oh, and I'm all for that. I mean, I would love mm-hmm. it. I just, I just, mm-hmm. you know, I just, but yeah, it's, it's hard. Awkward. It is. It's, it's very awkward. It's not, yeah. it's not necessarily the wrong thing. I think it's probably yeah. the right thing. It's just awkward mm-hmm. to execute. Yeah. The actual mechanics of it. You're right. Just given the contracts, given, you know, um, everything that's involved with it, it would be very complicated. Um, and it, you know, um, I don't know. I, I just think that it's it absolutely is worth examining all the way. And like that you could also do if if you ended up doing that, um, you, you don't have to worry about any sort of mixed messages or anything like that, because even though Kevin O'Connell did sort of pledge allegiance to Kirk Cousins publicly at his press conference, um, it, you know, you can just say, hey, look. Yeah, that they blew our they blew us away with an offer. We couldn't refuse it, and we yep. we really saw an opportunity to get better over the long haul. And then you move forward that way. This is the Viking Update Show, part of TalkNorth.com. It's one of our two Viking shows of the network, along with former Vikings general manager Jeff Diamond's show. Tons of good stuff on the the network, outdoor content, variety content, and we've added a couple of relatively new shows: the Mike Grimm's Go Go for podcast and On the Bench from the Canadian Hockey Humor Duo to go with uh, all the you know, I think the best sports lineup in Minnesota. Thank you for listening. We do appreciate it. You can, the best way to listen, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It is free. It is easy. You can find all the shows and the archives of the shows at talknorth.com. And you can follow us on Twitter at talknorthpod to see uh, the shows as they are released and to see live show 
dates and times. Thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton. And once again, we do appreciate you listening. So what, you know, I don't think we've talked since O'Connell's press conference. What was your impression? My impression was strong. Um, You know, what I, what I would say is that I didn't, how do I say this? I can see now in, in, in listening to him and seeing how he can commands a room and seeing how he kind of presents himself, why the Vikings were so drawn to him, because that's what you did here. Like, and we, we, Chad Graff and I reported it a lot at the athletic. I know it's been reported elsewhere that, you know, the Harbaugh thing, while there, while it was kind of a, a vote against Harbaugh, it was also really about what they really thought of Kevin O'Connell. And I, you know, I, I had been told leading into the Harbaugh interview that O'Connell was incredibly impressive in his interview. I think he was, he, I had heard that he was impressive in other interviews with other teams. And so um, you wanted to see like, what, what, what were the Vikings seeing? Like, why, why did they want to do, why did they go this way? And so um, in, in seeing the way that he kind of, you know, presented himself the, the the way that he delivered his message. You say, okay, like this makes sense for what the Vikings wanted. I don't know if he's going to be a better coach than Jim Harbaugh would have been. I don't know any of that part yet because you just really never do know until they get into that seat and start operating in that pressure cooker, how they're going to respond. But what you do see is you can line up the dots and you can say, all right, the Vikings wanted this kind of a head coach to lead their team to kind of bring new light and air into the building um, and to kind of go forward. And Kevin O'Connell fits exactly the description that I was told by people internally, what they were looking for as they were going through that process. So the marriage between the front office and the ownership and Kevin O'Connell, it seems, you know, really strong that way. Again, that does not guarantee success, but I do think that had they have gone with Harbaugh, the the likelihood that it imploded and went down spectacularly would have been a lot higher because they just didn't want to be in the Harbaugh business. They didn't want to deal with all of that stuff behind the scenes and they were not ready for that. And if you're not ready for that with him, you have no chance to make that work. And so they, they made that decision and, they, and I think O'Connell represents a different and a newer breed type of a coach. And so there's they, he, it, he starts this thing on solid ground and with a real chance. And now we'll have to see the fun part, the X's and O's, the game strategy, the managing personalities. We won't know any of that until the bullets start flying. We won't, but I, I do think it's refreshing to have this kind of coach in place. And we all overreact to what came before, but I understand overacting to what came before because it, it wore out. You know, it's, it's almost like, uh, you know, to, this is a tortured analogy. I admit it up front, but it's almost like Zimmer was Tibbs and mm-hmm. O'Connell has a chance to be Finch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I think, I mean, it's true. And look, you know, you and I were both around that team a lot over the last few seasons. And I have, you've covered that organization for a very, very long time. I have covered it for more than, you know, more than two decades now. I have never, like, not at the height of the Childress kind of craziness, not at the height of the Tice sort of, like, Wild West stuff. Like, I have never walked into the practice facility, 
or the stadium and felt more tension, more misery from the rank and file uh, employees of the Vikings. You know, I'm talking about scouts. I'm talking about executives. I'm talking about, um, you know, even when, when we got the players, you know, when you, when you could get uh, coaches off to the side and things that, um, that, that it was, you know, especially last year and everyone had these hangdog expressions on their face and you could see that no one was enjoying going to work. And it, in that way, it was very much like Tibbs. I mean, Tibbs, the Tibbs Timberwolves were the most miserable, successful team I've ever seen in my life. Um, and you know, every assistant coach was Eeyore. Um, every, you know, everybody was on pins and needles. Um, you know, that's just the way that it works. And that wasn't sustainable. And so what we saw in the Zimmer Spielman end was it wasn't sustainable. And talking to people around that organization since these moves have been made, it's just been told me like it's different around here. And again, they haven't lost a game yet. We haven't seen any adversity yet. So it is very much the honeymoon phase of it. But it is clear that they needed something you you need someone who comes to work and enjoys being there and enjoys leading. And I think both of these guys, Quasi and, and, and Kevin O'Connell, are going to instill that kind of an atmosphere and just take the thousand pound gorilla that was hanging on everyone's back and, and lift it off of them. And so that in and of itself is a major, major improvement upon what, you know, what it was these last two years at least, uh, you know, in Viking land. And so um, we'll see how that translates to wins, but certainly it's going to be in an, 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 a so much better environment around there. And the old school people will say, ah, it doesn't matter. You got to win or you lose. No, like you got to, especially in this day and age, you got to have something like this, or you're just not going to be able to sustain any amount of success that you have. I have a follow-up on that. First though, I want to tell you about StarBank. Big banks aren't the only ones with mobile apps and convenient financial services. I'd like to tell you about StarBank. StarBank is an independent community bank in Minnesota. They're family owned and treat customer relationships as a top priority. You're not a customer number at StarBank and they have no call center. It's just banking how it should be. A throwback to the good days. Mobile app check, convenient services. You got it. Check out StarBank for yourself for deposits and lending solutions. Work with the local community bank that cares. StarBank.net member FDIC and equal housing lender. Thanks also to Aquarius Home Services. Hey, it's Russo over at the Worst Seats in the House podcast. Did you know that Aquarius Home Services is your one-stop shop for all your home service needs? That's right. Aquarius Home Services is your complete home service provider dedicated to providing the highest quality water treatment, plumbing, heating, cooling, and electrical services. They pride themselves on providing superior five-star quality service. They respect you, your time, and your home with attention to details that really make a difference. If you or anyone you know have questions or concerns about your water heating and cooling, plumbing or electrical, Aquarius Home Services is here to help. Visit AquariusHomeServices.com for more details. And don't forget to mention Russo sent you. And thank you to longtime 
Talk North sponsor, Tony Hoagland. He's my State Farm agent. He should probably be your State Farm agent. This is your State Farm agent, Tony Hoagland. For the year of 2022, we will be donating $10 to the University of Minnesota Children's Masonics Hospital. For everyone that calls our office or checks in with us online and mentions that they heard about us on Talk North, you can reach us at 763-421-4900. You can find us on the web at champlininsurance.com. Again, 763 763- 421-4900 or find us on the web at champlininsurance.com. And my follow-up on that is I I heard through the grapevine and I never overrate, you know, my impact. I mean, sometimes mm-hmm. fans get the impression that if like, hey, I write something that maybe it'll happen. It, it just doesn't work that way. Uh, you know, so, you know, I'm, I'm commenting from the outside. I'm not influencing people, but I did hear through the grapevine the last couple of years that, you know, they put together the daily press br- clips for people in, in the organization. I had a, I've heard more than once they did not put a negative column I wrote in that briefing because they just thought <laughs> it would just be it would just blow up, you know, in somebody's face. Yeah, I mean, that's I mean, that's, that's, that's yeah. quite a level of, of that's a that's a level of paranoia. And and what's the word? Uh, I guess just paranoia. That's a level of, level of paranoia. It's insecurity usually, insecurity yeah. that you usually don't see that often. Right. If you if you're a leader of a franchise and you are confident in what you're doing and you believe that you're in the right, no column, no tweet is going to derail you from that you know perspective. And it, I've seen it many times where it'll be, oh man, John, you have no idea what you're talking about. You're just way off on this, and it's kind of laughed off, you know. And, and so when it, when that's, when those things kind of start to happen and start to sink in, then that tells you that the leaders are losing their grip and that they're worried about the wrong things. And so I do think like, that's what happened with, with Zimmer and Spielman. Um, They're just, you know, there just was not any kind of control of the situation and maybe not even any realization that the way that they were going about things was weighing so heavily on the people underneath them. And they could have had tunnel vision or they, they could have not wanted to hear the truth about, you know, how things were going or whatever it was. But, um, you know, so many times in these situations with, kind of uh, sports leaders who have an authoritarian style to them. You can only go so far with that. And when you, and, and when it starts swinging, you're usually the last one to know. And so, um, you know, to, to, yeah, to have that kind of, you know, Politburo style of, of, of communications and, uh, and obfuscation about what the outside world is saying, um, about you or like, you know, having that affect you to such a degree that people are not going to be, uh, you know, putting those, those things in your, in your information packets. I mean, that just tells you that you've lost your way. And I do think that those two did lose their way on this, the whole, the, by the, by the end, it was, they were completely out of control. And this is again, like, you know, this is not, a media member saying this, like we saw, like Eric and Eric Kendricks said it, like, like 
it got to that point where, you know, uh, Brian O'Neill said it. And when your players are doing that um, and, 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 and making those things public, that's when it's reached a breaking point. And, and so there they were. And, and that's why I do think that both of these guys, Adolfo Mensa and O'Connell, come in with a totally different approach that at least at the start is going to give them a chance to be successful here because this is what so many people in that organization desperately want. And now it will kind of move to, okay, now players, now co- uh, executives, now scouts, now all this, you, you're getting the softer touch that you want. You're getting the more open and transparent leadership that you want. Now it's time for you to help them to be successful so everyone can be happy here. No doubt about it. Hey, uh, a media note, Courtney Cronin has covered the yeah. uh, the uh, Vikings for a while now for ESPN, ESPN.com. She's moving to Chicago to cover the Bears, get back to some roots, maybe do a little more radio. I just want to say uh, congratulations to her. She did a great job here. And, you know, it's a it's a good group of people who cover the Vikings. You know, it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's you know, you, nobody's afraid to ask a tough question, uh, you know, and Courtney's been a big part of that. She's a really good reporter, really good writer, and I wish her the best. Absolutely. She's a, a friend of mine. Um, she came here, a, you know, a little on the younger side, but certainly in her five years here, turned into a star. Like she did a, and a great job. She's a really good reporter. She develops sources and relationships very well. She conducts herself on the beat very well. Um, and nothing but respect. She clearly puts in an incredible amount of work, um, studying the game, uh, you know, understanding the nuances, talking to the right people. And then she goes about her reporting uh, in a very responsible, accurate, uh, fair manner. And and so um, I do think that, you know, we're going to see her you know, on, you know, featured on SportsCenter more. We're going to see her, you know, on your TVs a lot and, on, and hear her on the radio a lot going forward. She's a rising star in the business. I'm very happy for her. I'm very sorry to see her go because it's been so much fun having her around, but um, she get, she deserves nothing but good things coming to her because she's worked very hard for it and uh, and has earned all of these opportunities. No doubt. And we get to see her a couple times a year at least, so that, yeah. that's a good good thing. Just like having Dan Weeder down in Chicago, it's good to mm-hmm. see him. Good to catch up with him periodically. So congratulations to Courtney. I think we're going to save our defensive conversation for the next show. We're going to talk about the Changed to a 3-4 defense. Donatello's going to be talking at a press conference on Thursday, so we'll have a little more fodder there. Uh, let's let's go back to the O'Connell press conference. I I don't want to overrate anything you hear in an introductory press conference. I think uh, the person there is there to celebrate getting the job. They're probably not ready to answer a lot of tough questions. Uh, they probably, a lot of cases, they aren't used to being in mass press conferences. Uh, so I don't want to pretend that, you know, oh, he said something in this total voice. That means this. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. to my ear, it almost sounded like he was more excited about Anthony Barr than Kirk Cousins. And if that's true, that would be very surprising to me. Well, yeah, I, I guess, yeah, that would be. And I mean, one of the keys, right, because the, the logic that seems behind there is it looks like they're going to a 3-4 defense. Mm-hmm. and. That, you know, that is real meat on the bone revelation in a press conference that you don't always get. Um, And so really that does mark, you know, a a complete shift away from the Mike Zimmer double A gap, 
you know, uh, approach to, to, to defense. And it's going to be a whole new day on that side of the ball. And um, theoretically, you could you could see a, a a a scenario where Anthony Barr fits very well in that sort of a role. Um, I do not I do not think if they kept the four three that it made a whole lot of sense to keep Anthony Barr around unless you could get him on a significantly reduced uh, salary number. Maybe with the three four, maybe if he is kind of empowered to be more of a rush linebacker, somebody like that, maybe he could do that. I, you know, he's had a lot of miles on him. He's been around the block. So does he have the juice that he needs to, to be in that? I'm not sure. But it's clear that O'Connell is encouraged or, or certainly intrigued by him quite a bit. And so maybe we have not seen the end of Anthony Barr in purple. Um, obviously, an, an enormously respected leader um, and, you know, and someone who's done great, great work in the community as well. So um, from that aspect of it, I think he'd be welcomed back here. It's just like, would that, would moving to a 3-4 unlock kind of more of his potential than he has been in this in, in the Zimmer defense, which he just didn't show up enough to me to to warrant the salary number that, that he was given over the years. We'll get more into the defense next week. We want to thank Aquarius Home Services, Star Bank, and Tony Hoagland, H-O-A-G-L-U-N-D, your State Farm agent. Uh, thanks to Brandon. Thanks to John. Uh, thanks for listening to TalkNorth.com. This will be a very interesting offseason.